Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. Hello, welcome, a joyous, happy day. We are living peaceful, nonviolent lives, and that makes all the difference. If you're suffering from depression, if you're feeling down, uh, there is an answer, and you can um, experience joy and happiness and love and light, and it's very simple. Just take the killing out of your life. It's that simple. 80% of what we eat is already fruits, vegetables, nuts, and grains. What, what nature, what somebody upstairs gave us in the Garden of Eden. And we do not need to take a life to survive. And it's actually better for our health, our spiritual well-being, and for the planet not to kill. So with me today is one of my heroes, Erin Riley Carrasco. Oh, you're my hero. Sexiest vegan over 50. Take it away, Erin. You have started an organization called Alma. What's it all about? Thank you for having me on today, Jane. You are my hero. I want to add compassion into your opening segment because living a compassionate life, there's nothing like it doing the least harm that we can. So I have been involved in animal rescue, animal advocating, animal activism since I was 18, protesting on the streets. Um, I have been rescuing dogs for the last four years in Southern California, but there's an even huger problem right across the border in Tijuana. So after four years, four to five years after doing this on my own, I have coupled, partnered with my lifelong best friend, Susie Williamson, and we have started ALMA, which stands for Animal Lives Matter Always, because all animal lives matter always. And we are a legit 501c3 rescue. We are going to be having our kickoff fundraiser party this Saturday in Oceanside, California, with a lineup of incredible uh, bands and amazing people that are coming. I think we have about 30 tickets left, so we're almost sold out. But I plan on doing a lot more good in having my support system uh, around me with this rescue. I have a a very committed group of volunteers that's been helping me, and I am just so excited to move forward with this new venture. So tell me, Erin, you were a dancer are a dancer. I'm sure you could tear it up on the dance floor. Tell us your life story and your journey to compassion. So, yes, I started dancing at the age of five when my own mother enrolled me in tap and ballet classes. I went to San Diego State University where my, along with my full-time college courses, I began teaching at the Carlsbad Boys and Girls Club. The program got so huge, it became unmanageable for the Carlsbad Boys and Girls Club. Um, I was one of eight teachers and they had to close it down. And at the time that it was closing down, I was getting my marketing degree from San Diego State. Um, I saw a wonderful opportunity. So in 1989, I opened my own dance studio, Dance Unlimited. 
And that is the very same year that I stopped eating all meat and uh, was a really active activist all through my 20s. I just sold my dance studio in September after 30 years because at 55 years of age, I want to follow my passion in life. I want to live my, my true life. And although it was a passion for so many, so many years, the animal activism and veganism has kind of, that has become my passion in life. And I want to get the message out there. I want to bring awareness. I want to educate. And I want to save as many animals out there because um, I'm passionate about being a voice for the voiceless. And we are here live with Erin Riley Carrasco and little Rico. And Riley Carrasco is PETA's sexiest vegan over 50. She is a tremendous force in the animal rights movement. She mobilizes people in the San Diego area along with her amazing husband, Alan, who's always behind the scenes with the camera. And Erin, I know that you are also an incredible chef. You do Saturday Smackdown on Jane Unchained. So tell us what happened? Successful businesswoman, dancer, you're running this dance company, and yet this pull to help animals is really getting stronger and stronger. Describe that. Well, yes, I did. So for 25 years, I was vegetarian and honestly thought that I was doing enough. I will tell you that I think what hindered me from going vegan sooner was not going on social media sooner. I'd heard a lot of stories about lots of drama on Facebook, and I honestly didn't want to spare my, spend my spare time doing that. But in January of 2015, I finally came onto Facebook after years of being teased by my friends because they were like, Erin, we support you and love all of your emails, but girl, if you want to reach a larger audience, you have got to get on Instagram and Facebook. So it was 30 days later after being on Facebook for one month and seeing all of the, the vegan movement, which I believe is the biggest social justice movement of our time. Um, 30 days later, I went vegan overnight, and I've never gone back, and that was four years ago. And I really, again, I loved my dance studio, but as I got older and I became vegan four years ago, you know, I actually got a lot of pushback from the families at my studio because they would talk amongst themselves and they would actually say it to my face. They're like, we love you, Aaron. We love the studio, but we feel like you know, you're putting all of your passion into the animals and we don't feel that you're putting the passion into the dance studio. So it got to the point where they were probably right. Um, I believe that to excel at anything, you have to stay in your lane and do it full force. So I had always told everyone um, the time my daughter graduated, I would also be selling the studio, and that's exactly what I did. Three months after my daughter graduated from high school, she also danced at the studio for 15 years and was a competitive dancer. I sold to wonderful, wonderful people in September of 2018, and I'm, I'm beyond blessed and grateful that that timeline happened the way it did. You know, you're describing something that is so common. I um, was in the mainstream media for 38 years, and uh, I retired from that. And then I was still called upon to do certain interviews. And actually, I decided that, and this has nothing to do with dance. Dance is peaceful. Dance is beautiful. Dance is wonderful. 
Unless you have a competition program, and then it gets very competitive. If you've ever heard of Dance Moms on television, it's not very peaceful. (laughs) It's actually very stressful. Well, good point. But anyway, I have always sort of been in the murder genre. I have no clue as to why. I just sort of fell into it. Then I was asked to write books about it. And uh, I was working with Dr. Selesh Rao of Climate Healers. And he says, essentially, it's imperative that we switch to a culture of normalized nonviolence. Right now, we have a culture of normalized violence. And we need to switch out immediately because all the violence, the killing of trillions of animals every year, uh, and all the violence that is saturating our society is going to kill us. So I realized that for me, doing crime was not in alignment with my values. And I used to say, well, it doesn't do any harm. It may not do any good, but it doesn't do any harm. And then I realized, no, taking somebody else's suffering and turning it into entertainment is really at the end of the day not something I want to do. So I've just sworn off in the last six months doing all those interviews. If you see me on there, it's because once you do those interviews, they run them for years. Well, they want you. But I just decided I wanted, like you, to devote my time to complete 100% activism because the future of our planet literally depends upon us making a cultural switch away from eating animals who are just like our little Rico here or your dog or cat at home. I have a Rico too, so yes. Oh, yes. So have you seen, you're, in our, you're down there in, in the San Diego area. It's generally considered a rather socially conservative area. Are you seeing the change happen toward plant-based, Erin? Oh, absolutely. In the last four years, I cannot tell you the burgeoning the awareness, the vegan restaurants, the vegan fast food restaurants, Plant Power right here in Lucadia, the awareness, I'm actually shocked because I also want to let you know that in around 2015, I became friends with an incredible force herself, Leslie Davies, and another incredible force, Rebecca Snyder. And I got involved in protesting puppy mill pet stores in California. And we had a a very tight-knit group of volunteers and activists in Southern California. And we were able to go to nine cities with Leslie being our leader and, again, meeting with mayors, meeting with councilmen. And we were able to get nine cities, including my hometown of Oceanside, Carlsbad, San Marcos, Escondido, to pass a ban on puppy mill pet stores in California. Now, I was, oh, and that was headed up by Judy Mancuso of Social Compassion and Legislation. If you have not heard of Social Compassion and Legislation, they are the leading organization in California for getting animal welfare bills passed. They're a wonderful charity to donate to. I support them wholeheartedly. And during that time, I was by Judy asking and Leslie doing email campaigns, calling, writing letters, asking my friends to anything we could do. And I remember one of my friends saying, Aaron, I'll support you, but really this is a long shot. I don't know that this can be passed. And not only was it passed in all of our local cities, the, the bill by social compassion and legislation passed in the state of California. I used to tell people that if, That could be banned in the state of California by the time I died. I would be happy. And it happened two years ago. And the the social consciousness of what we are doing to not only our health, but our planet, 
by eating animal products. And dairy is also terrible, not just eating meat, but dairy. People, I call it planting seeds. And I know I planted a lot of seeds in the last four years with my activism work, with being a contributor on your news network, Jane, and through Facebook. But I have people all the time messaging me and calling me and asking me, can you please help me? I was actually annoyed with you at first. I was a little bit angry with you at first. But uh, this has been heavy on my heart, and I'm transitioning because I get mad at you, but everything you say and I look up is the truth. Well, I want to say this. We are having an impact, and I want to thank you for doing Saturday Smackdown. I love uh, it. I think we call it Saturday Snackdown yeah. uh, on um, Jane Unchained. You can watch it every Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Pacific, 3.30 Eastern, and you do incredible dishes. I literally ran into a woman two nights ago who came up to me in a completely non-vegan situation and said, hey, I love your lunch break lives. I went vegan and I thought I had to eat peanut butter sandwiches and I was only eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches until I saw lunch break live and now I'm trying all the recipes and I look forward to it and I sit down and watch it. Now, when she said that, that just made my heart sore. Like that's what we're doing it for to show people there we have been on the we've been doing lunch break live going on four years now we have wow. never repeated a single recipe i no. know and i want to correct you you called me a chef but i'm absolutely not a chef <laughs> my family is so happy because i am cooking now that i was able to sell my business after 30 years my 18 year old daughter said mom this is what I've been missing out on all these years. You were always too busy, and now you're cooking all these incredible vegan meals. My daughter has given up meat. She's trying to transition. It's just Saturday Snackdown has been a wonderful thing for our family as well. Um, but I am not a chef, but I am, I'm, I'm getting better every day. Well, let me tell you something. You're doing a good imitation of a chef because when I see you there and you put on your apron and what I really like about you, Erin, is that so many people have these misconceptions about what veganism is and there's nothing wrong with people wearing, you know, orange hair and um, having tattoos, you know, uh, that snarky vegan girl has tattoos. Uh, most people around where I live have tattoos. I'm the outlier because I don't. But for those who have this idea that it's sort of like this only hipster, I've heard this so much, you know, like, well, this is a, a movement for hipster elitists who live in either Brooklyn or Venice, California. Nonsense. Absolutely. Nonsense. You are in the heart of, you know, a very, I would say, socially conservative area, Oceanside, the whole San Diego. Lots of military in Oceanside. You're right. Lots of conservatism in Oceanside. But um, it is not, you know, I'm not swinging from the trees eating nuts and grass all day. I have never been healthier. And I'd also like to share with people that, you know, I'm an adrenal cancer survivor. Um, what also was a contributing factor to me going vegan was during the two years I was on chemo, which honestly in 2019, looking back, I don't know that I would opt for chemo now, but I read the China study by Dr. Colin Campbell the same month I went um, onto Facebook 
And it was like an awakening for me and my family. And um, I, there's only a 25 to 30% chance that someone like me who had a tumor that was a pound and a half, because I will tell you, even though I didn't eat animals, I ate a lot of dairy and every day I would have one to two diet Pepsis. And my husband got on me all the time, but I, I think stress, I think eating all the dairy that I did. I remember sitting down at night eating like half a block of cheddar cheese with crackers. And I wasn't aware at the time how really destructive dairy is, not only for our environment, but our bodies. Um, dairy is so inflammatory. And I truly believe, I know myself and I know that the way that I ate was very unhealthy. Yes, I didn't eat animals, but giving up that dairy and really learning to eat a more whole food, plant-based diet has done incredible, miraculous things for me, not only physical, but mentally. I just feel, I, I told my husband the other day, I feel like I found the secret and I want to share it with everyone, but not everyone's open to hearing the message, which is unfortunate, but it's, it's getting there. Well, sometimes people have to have a health scare to get the message. You know, there's a lot of times when people, I have interviewed so many people who they were really invested in what you might call the other side. Look at Howard Lyman, fourth generation cattle rancher. And then he became very ill and he made a pact with God. He said, if you get me out of this surgery alive, I will reveal the secrets of what we do to these animals, the horrors. And it is institutionalized torture. And the irony is, you know, we say we're a nation of animal lovers. Meanwhile, in four to 12 hours, we kill more animals uh, than all the human beings who have died in all the wars in all of human history. It's a frenzied rate of killing. And the government wants to speed it up. They want to speed up the slaughter lines even faster, where people can't even keep up with slitting the necks of these animals or stunning them, and they get boiled alive. And all of this for what? To make a handful, a relative handful of people richer, while the rest of the masses get fatter and sicker. And, you know, as Dr. Selesh Rao said, they're factory farming all of us. They're factory farming the farmers. They put them into onerous loans where they're put, they're, they're uh, forced to compete against each other. Who can fatten up these animals faster? The whole idea is they kill them all as babies because it's just about getting them fat enough to slaughter them. And then they don't let them move around because guess what happens when you move around? You burn calories. No, they want to get every damn penny out of these uh, calories. They feed you know, 70% of all soy globally is fed to farm animals. Yes. Only a very tiny percentage of soy is actually consumed directly by people. Most of it is fed to farm animals. So while children are dying of starvation and malnutrition in the third world, we in our culture are fattening up animals as fast as we can in institutionalized torture so we can slaughter them as babies and feast on them. And then if you try to tell people, hey, it's bad for you, your health, it's bad for the planet, it's leading to habitat destruction, wildlife extinction, human world hunger, they look at you and they say, oh, I love your passion, but I care about people. There's such well, a disconnect. Yeah. A huge disconnect in our society. And like Paul McCartney famously said, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, everyone would be vegetarian, vegan. 
There's a disconnect when people go into the grocery store and they're shopping. For me, I walk by the meat department and I almost have, it's like anxiety producing for me. But people pick up their neatly wrapped package of steak, of, you know, ribs. And there's a complete disconnect from where that product comes from. I would venture to bet that there's very few people that would be able to get a knife, with that young veal calf or a pig and be able to slaughter what is on their dinner plate. And that is a huge, it's been ingrained into our society. I grew up in the 60s and 70s. I remember asking my mom when we were eating lamb chops one night and in our neighborhood, one of my friends had a lamb, a little baby white lamb. And I said, mommy, I was five years old. I said, what do you mean lamb chops? That's not the little lamb down the street. Now, of course, my mom told a white lie. Sorry, mom, up in heaven of blessed memory. And she goes, oh, no, no, honey, it's important you eat that. You need the protein. Well, we've now discovered 2019, we can get our protein from so many sources. Beans are an incredible source of plant-based protein. And if you really research it and people are still in doubt, look up the studies, look up the China study, look up the countries around the globe that are the healthiest. America is at the bottom of the barrel. The standard American diet is one of the most unhealthy diets. And it must have been challenging for you, Jane, on mainstream media, because you had your show for a very long time. And I'm sure they didn't do stories about what we're talking about. Well, actually, Erin, <laughs> I have always managed to sneak in the animal rights and the vegan message wherever I worked. And, you know, I went vegan uh, right after I got sober. I'm 23 years sober. In fact, April Fool's Day, 24 year, 24 years sober. I can't believe it. But so. once I got sober, I got clarity. And I said, you know, I love animals. Why am I eating them? And I was pescatarian at the time, you know, mostly vegetarian. But frankly, uh, it was meeting Howard Lyman, the fourth generation cattle rancher, who came up to me and said, I hear you're a vegetarian. And I said, yes. And he and his publicist said, do you eat dairy? And I said, yes. And I hung my head because I had just heard how they ripped the babies away from the mothers. You know, people forget. They don't know that animals have to be pregnant to produce milk, that cows have to be pregnant. And um, anyway, um, they looked at me and they said, pointed their finger right at my nose and they said, liquid meat. And that was the moment I went vegan 22 years ago, thereabouts, you know, I have my exact sobriety date. I wish I had my, I wish I could look up the exact date I went vegan, but it was, it was soon after I got sober talking that day, talking to Howard Lyman, a cattle rancher who had turned vegan. And, um, you know, I've never looked back. And uh, it, what then I decided to do was to get animal stories wherever I was. I refused to do rodeo stories as kickers. I refuse to do stories that um, involve animal torture as ha 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 fun stories. The rodeo was a perfect example. And that got me into a little bit of a confrontation. But you know, to affect change, you have to stand up and say, what's happening here is morally wrong. Um, and uh, you know, being oh so very polite uh, never made history. So we have to stand up. And then when I went to work at a syndicated TV show called Celebrity Justice, uh, the criterion for a show was, where's the celebrity? Where's the justice? 
I interviewed celebrities who would run from our cameras normally because they cared so much about animal issues that they were willing to talk to me. Robert Redford talked to me, a tabloid reporter, because he was concerned about the military sonar uh, devastating the whale population. And then when I had a show on HLN, I asked them, can I do a weekly animal segment? And they said, yes. And guess what? Little Rico was on with me every week. And we had all sorts of activists, Mercy for Animals, PETA, um, all sorts of organizations on. So the reason I'm saying this is that, yes, it was hard. Yes, it involved pushing the envelope. Yes, I got a few elbows or noses out of joint in the process. But I thank everyone who gave me permission to do that. I'm always going to be grateful. And the reason I'm telling you this story is those of you, whatever job you do, you can help animals in the process. You know, Jane Unshade of 501c3, we use a vegan insurance company. You know, I go to a vegan hairdresser. We have a veganity that we're getting going. So whether you're an insurance broker or a hairdresser or a pianist or a dancer like Aaron, um, you can always use your skills to um, help animals. So tell us how you became sex- PETA's sexiest vegan over 50. E. Well, my adoring husband, we've been married almost 23 years. I love him so much. Great guy. He's secretly, um, yeah, he sent in that application. I knew nothing about it. We had been to, actually, the, some, a couple months before, we had been to a fundraiser for social compassion and legislation, right before the puppy mill ban, the Bill AB 485 passed. We were up in uh, Bel Air supporting Judy Mancuso and social compassion and legislation. And this nice gentleman walks up to us and he holds his hand out and he said, hi, what's your name? My name's Dr. Joel Kahn. And I am PETA's sexiest vegan this year. And Alan and I started laughing. We didn't know there was such a thing. And on the, it was, I love Joel, by the way. Uh, America's Heart Doctor, vegan. He's amazing. I'm sure you know him, Jane. You might have interviewed him before. But on the way home that night, Alan goes, what did he say he was? And I said, he's America's, PETA named him the sexiest vegan over 50. So, yeah, my husband went home, who knows when, that next week. And about six weeks later, I get a call from PETA that I was a nominee amongst two other women. And I said, a nominee for what? I didn't know. And Natalie, I mean, Natalie Livingston with PETA just started laughing. And she said, you don't know that you've been, you were entered into this contest. And I said, no. And then long story short, I ended up winning. Woo! And <laughs> I remember, I think I was there when you were doing the photo shoot, and that's how we met, because I was going live with you doing the photo shoot. Um, you are an absolute inspiration, and I, I want to ask you, this is so important, you know, you're in, again, this, I don't want to overemphasize it, but it really is mainstream America. It's a socially conservative area where uh, people would have a tendency to reflect more of the the zeitgeist, the where everybody is as a culture, as opposed to maybe, uh, you know, some hipster neighborhood like uh, Venice, California. Uh, what impact have you had on people that you interact with? And how do you see that filtering out into the society? Um, I don't, I don't want to overstate my impact. I just, um, I've had countless friends, at least 30 friends that I went to high school with 
and it's going to be coming up on 30 years. No, 40 years <laughs> graduated. We have um, a cute little story is a couple months ago from a company called Vegan Printer. I had a yard sign printed out. I had actually seen it at my friend's house, and it was about how much water you can save. And granted, we have a lot of rain right now, so it's wonderful for the state of California. But as you know, many years we were in a drought. I had the big note on my children's shower, no longer than a five-minute shower with exclamation points. So anyway, I put this yard sign out about two months ago, and I wasn't home this day. But one of my neighbors drove by, and my friend Nora was coming by to pick up my mother-in-law, who's 94 and lives with us, and said, hey, are you the owner of this house? I love that yard sign. And Nora said, I'm not, but, you know, my friend Aaron and Alan Carrasco live here. And she said, well, my name is Cena Blanco. My daughter is Tia Blanco. And I don't know, Jane, do you know who Tia Blanco is? No. Vegan surfer who is actually training, I believe, for the Olympics right now. She is got, I don't know, half a million followers. My son and daughter know her very well. Well, her mother and father lived in Fire, live in Fire Mountain where I live. And it just goes to show you that one yard sign, and I'm wanting to plant seeds as cars drive by, and Tia Blanco's mother and father live in the neighborhood. And there, Let me like, say this. Hold on. When you talk about a sign, here it is. Yes. Uh, here's a probably a similar sign. A vegan diet saves 600 gallons of water a day per yep. person, per yep. person. Now, what infuriates me is when we have droughts here, people will say, oh, why are you watering your plants? And I want to say, why are you eating a hamburger? Because every hamburger you eat, you're wasting hundreds of gallons of water. Think about it. The animal has to be raised. The animal's drinking huge amounts of water, uh, expelling water in the form of feces and urine, and that is going into polluting our water. In fact, there's a huge problem in Florida right now because the agricultural runoff is going into the Caloosahatchee River and floating down into the Gulf of Mexico, and then they have algae outbreaks where nobody can go swimming, which is ruining the tourism during those visits. How do I know? I was in Fort Myers during an algae bloom where nobody could go into the water, and people were, well, who's going to sell you a, a surfboard or a paddleboard or anything, a suntan lotion? Nobody's going to want to go to the beach if you can't go in the water. So that's the kind of thing that happens due to animal agriculture. And California is reportedly the largest dairy state in the nation. How can that be? It also, you, you listed some of the things that animal agriculture affects. It's the, the leading cause of biodiversity loss. It's, it does play into human starvation. And people look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. Um, but again, when I said that three years ago, some of those same people are vegan or vegetarian transitioning to vegan right now because it's not just the animals. I think 60 billion land animals, and when you add all the fish, it's in the trillions of animals every year around the world. Scientists, again, this isn't my opinion, and people say, well, just because this is your opinion doesn't mean you're right, Aaron. Well, it's not my opinion. This is scientific evidence, and scientists say that animal agriculture is – I believe, is it not the leading cause of climate change, Jane, more than all automobiles, planes, trains? And yes, yes it is. 
it's also um, a leading cause, a leading cause. I don't want to overstate the case. It is definitely, according to the United Nations, responsible for more greenhouse gases than all transportation combined. And World Bank economists said that the UN even underestimated it. And there are many who believe it is the leading cause. We know it's the leading cause of habitat destruction. You know, only one third of our surface, the Earth's surface is land. And of that land, 45% is used for agriculture. And of that 45%, 83% is used for animal agriculture. So most of our usable land is being used to produce animals, the most inefficient food source because animals eat almost 40 times what they produce as meat or dairy. If we just took the animals and the animal byproducts off our plate, we could reforce the earth. That would allow those trees to eat up the carbon and we could reverse climate change. This is what we have to do. You know, tornadoes just killed a whole bunch of people. We are seeing more extreme weather every single day. And there is a school of thought based on research that humans only change when they really think they, they as individuals or their immediate family or their house is going to be impacted. And we are telling you, you, your house, your family will be impacted. Climate change is going to be off the charts within a decade if we don't get off animal agriculture and um, switch to plant-based foods. And it's that simple. That's why the big companies, the Tyson Foods, are investing in the plant-based meat alternatives because they know. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Isn't that interesting that I believe the record number of dairy farms just closed down in Wisconsin this year, and many dairy farmers are starting to transition to become almond milk farms. They see the writing on the wall. They may be tenacious and aggressive and say, oh, no. This veganism thing, this is not affecting us. You and I both know it's affecting them. And let me tell you something. The industry tries to now ban us, is, is doing a whole campaign to try to ban us from saying soy milk. All right? Oh, yes, just like Unilever tried to sue Hampton Creek vegan mayonnaise because they said you can't use mayonnaise in yes. your label. Well, they lost that. They had to pay all of Hampton Creek, who, by the way, has an incredible vegan mayonnaise called Just Mayo, and their Chipotle sauce is incredible. But, no, they're definitely feeling it. And um, I want to go back to – Well, let me talk. take a break. We're going to take a quick break here on Voice America Radio, but we're going to stay live on Facebook. So let's take a quick break. We're going to be back with Erin Riley Carrasco, PETA's sexiest vegan over 50, <laughs> and the – the amazing, I won't call you a chef, the amazing woman in the kitchen for Saturday Snackdown on Jane Unchained. Stay right there. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Financial freedom and money are subjects that many people are uncomfortable discussing. These don't have to be. Listen for Money, Mindset, and Love with Thomas DeShooter. We're all about sharing ideas with tips, amazing guests, and input from you, the listeners. It's time to dream big and help each other reach our goals. Not only will you get closer to financial freedom, but you'll learn more about spirituality, work-life balance, and empowerment. Listen live Thursdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. And we are here with Aaron Riley Carrasco, Peter's sexiest vegan over 50, as well as our mascot, Little Rico. We've got a caller, Lori Michaels, San Diego. Your question or thought, Lori? Yes, hi. I actually, uh, I just tuned in because I was running around, but I definitely want to have, wanted to have an opportunity to talk with Erin because I've heard so much about her. Uh, hi there. This Hello, is Lori Antonidas. Hi, Lori. Hi. You know, I I wanted to ask you that I I struggle with, with a serious vegan, um, going vegan. I really find that lean protein like fish and sometimes dairy just satisfies me more than than um, being completely vegan. And I wonder, how do I address that so that I can feel I'm getting lean protein? Okay, I'd like to ask, answer that question for a second. And I'd like to say that, you know, when I was in my disease of alcoholism and I drank, I could not envision a day when I could live without a drink. It felt in my mind like an impossibility And it felt like this was something I needed, needed absolutely to survive. Of course, that was all not true. And I haven't had a drink in 23 years. In April 1st, it's going to be 24 years. So a couple of things. For one, it takes 32 days to change any palate. That's one of the reasons why rehab is often a month, uh, because it takes that amount of time to switch out. And the second thing is that... Our body does crave things. And sometimes what they're craving are 
um, nutrients. And that nutrient suddenly manifests itself as, oh, I have to have cheese or I have to have fish or I have to have dairy, when in fact it's the nutrient you might need. Now, I uh, have felt much more uh, nutrient-rich since I started juicing and including some uh, ginger as well as turmeric with a little pepper and some juices. So I'm going to leave it to Aaron to discuss a little bit about some of the some of the ways we can eat healthy. And you know, Twink, I guess Oreo cookies are vegan, but you're you're not going to get what you need just eating Oreo cookies and soy milk. Uh, so Aaron, take it away. Thank you for that information. Um, so Lori, yes, one book I would recommend if you haven't read it already is Dr. Neil Bernard's book called The Cheese Trap. And I will mm-hmm. be very honest, and I will tell you that, I, I don't know if you were tuned in earlier, but I would eat cheese almost every night. Um, it is more addictive than heroin. I went vegan overnight. I don't know that I would recommend that for everyone. I think for long-term success, if you can wean yourself off. But Lori, there are so many incredible vegan options Uh, Miyoko's cheese. I don't know if you've heard of Miyoko's vegan cheese available at Trader Joe's, Fraser Farms, Sprouts. Incredible. So much better than four years ago. I was not a big fan of the vegan cheese. But also, do you... Is it soy-based? No, it's cashew uh, to to a a nut-based, which is very high in protein. And mm-hmm. what you're talking about, that you're worried that you're not going to be satiated, that you're not going to be, you know, have a filling meal, is something that my husband, Alan, it was a challenge for him. Uh, it took him about a year to transition. And we, I don't, I feel like I have never eaten a more diverse, more delicious array of food since I have been the host of Saturday Snackdown. And I've been doing all these recipes um, I'd love you to tune in on Saturdays because these meals are filling so delicious. And I do not miss cheese. I was probably a cheeseaholic. Jane was an alcoholic. I was a cheeseaholic. If we can do it, you can do it. And do you have dogs, Lori? I, of course I have a dog. Oh, well, if you have a dog. And <laughs> your, life is not, your life isn't complete without a dog. I agree. If you love your dog... Just imagine those baby, those newborn dairy calves that are immediately torn from their mothers when they are born within 24 hours. And the same compassion and love you have for your dogs. Imagine if they did to your dog what the dairy industry does to baby calves. Um, If you're familiar with veal calves, you know, they male calves are even... They're bolted in the head or they're taken away to a veal shed where they live in a dark, confined space for five months, and then they are slaughtered for their soft meat. Now, again, yeah, and if you would would bear witness to that, I think, and you would see that with your own eyes, you would never eat dairy again, and it's it's a connection you need to make. Take the compassion and love for your dog and put it to all animals. I hope that helps. I, and I, I would I like totally to say something. No, I totally get that, and I appreciate you saying that. Can do you want to talk a little bit about fish because that's another category, really? Yeah. Let me let me say a couple of things. One, there are many different vegan products out there that substitute for fish too. 
Absolutely. the Gardein vegan crab cakes and fish fillets, those are vegan, are so similar to fish that honestly, I can't eat them because I was never a fan of fish and they're just too fishy. It's like eating fish. You and, are, and they have the same nutrients, which is the most important thing. For me, a lot of it is about nutrients. Well, well let me just say something about nutrients. A lot of this is psychological conditioning. We are inundated with this drumbeat about protein, 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 protein. Have you ever gone to the doctor and been told that you had a protein deficiency? The truth is that <laughs> no. we eat more protein than any culture in the history of humankind because factory farming didn't exist until the last hundred years. So people didn't just, you know, they weren't able to just grab a burger driving by. They actually had to go out and kill animals, raise them and kill them. So they didn't uh, eat meat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We are eating more protein in this culture than any culture in the history of humankind. We have a higher, you know, one out of every four of us, it kills us with heart disease because when you're eating animal protein, whether it's fish or meat, uh, animals produce cholesterol. And then that cholesterol is turns into plaque and it clogs your arteries. One out of every four people will die of heart disease. You know, I had a very dear friend who uh, I work with and we would go out to dinner on Saturday night. This was uh, 30 years ago. And I would eat... Um, a vegan meal and he would have pork chops and I'd say to him, please stop, stop. And he said, well, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm fit. I'm ripped. I've gotten eaten all this protein. Well, guess what? Sadly, he was on an exercise bike working out and just dropped dead because his arteries got clogged with the cholesterol from the animal products. He was eating a, a high, high protein diet. If you look at the ancient, the, if you look at the ancient um, warriors of old, what they fought on, and they fought and marched for miles, you know, hundreds of miles and fighting, and it, they, were, they were eating large amounts of carbohydrates. Well, the gladiators you, would. The, the gladiators. gladiators. When you run a marathon, the, and I ran one, thank you, and that was enough. But <laughs> you talk to marathoners. The day before you run a marathon, you don't load up on protein. You load up on carbs. They will take. They will give you carbs at the preparation for a marathon event. Right, um, for quick energy, yeah. Exactly. I want to add one thing about the fish as well, Lori. You know, plastic is such an environmental concern and crisis filling the ocean so they're finding now scientists are finding that the fish that you think you're getting that have all these great nutrients there's a, tons of plastic in them if you eat farmed salmon if you've ever seen a farmed salmon pool it's teeming with bacteria um uh, scientists also say that if we continue eating the fish at the rate we are right now, that the ocean will be a dead zone in 2048. I believe that if you truly care about your family, about your friends, about our mother earth, fish, they feel pain. My dad was a fisherman. I grew up on a fishing boat. And there's a home video of me at nine years old when my dad caught a marlin, brought it aboard the boat, and I'm not going to tell you what those fishermen do, but I, it shows me the camera pans up and I am crying. If you just feel that, okay, those fish, I'll eat it because they're allowed to roam freely in the ocean until the moment they're caught. They suffer 
immensely too. And you sound like a compassionate woman. Again, if you have dogs, you know that relationship between your dog and you. They're your baby. We need to extend that to all creatures of this earth because fish suffer and it takes hours for them to die. And they're suffocating. Yeah. So I hope that helped. I hope all that helped. Thank you so much, uh, Lori. I want to give you a compliment for caring. For yes. For asking, for being, you know, it takes a certain amount of vulnerability and courage to say, hey, I, I'm struggling and I need help and we wish you the very best and you can instant message me on Facebook anytime, I will respond and I will uh, give you resources and guidebooks. Uh, we wish you the very best and watch uh, Lunch Break Live and Saturday Snackdown every day, 12.30 p.m. Pacific. Oh. Facebook.com slash Jane Velez Mitchell. Let's go to another caller. Dolly from Houston, Texas. Dolly from Houston, Texas. Your question or thought? Yes. Hi, Jane. Hi, Aaron. I was listening to the show. And um, Aaron, I just, I can see the brightness in your eyes and your hair and your skin. And, um, you know, I've been vegan for like five years now and I juice and I've noticed that difference. Um, tell me how it's made you feel. Has it made your skin better, your hair, your nails? Um, tell me about that. It's made everything feel better. And again, I'm operating on one adrenal gland, Dolly. They had to take my right adrenal gland along with a, a one and a half pound cancerous tumor. I'm kind of mm -hmm. like a walking miracle, but I truly believe I'm here today because of my vegan diet. Not wow. Oreo cookies and Diet Coke, but kale and all the wonderful alternatives that we have to meat and dairy out there. I do take biotin every day. As a vegan, okay. I do take B12. I take vitamin D every night. I take uh, B6. And I also take, put lecithin. Um, and again, these are just things I've been to some nutritionists and some vegan doctors that these um, are, th are supplements that I take. But my, I never really had an issue with my skin. You know, I'm 55. I do have a lot of sun damage. But wow, but you I, look great. You look great. Thank you so much. Uh, it, it has enhanced everything about me, about my, I'm more focused. I have more energy. I didn't used to sleep well. I sleep beautifully now. When I first went vegan, I lost 22 pounds. So one thing wow. I'd like to say is, um, for those of you watching and maybe thinking about transitioning to a vegan diet, I actually wasn't really doing it correctly the first year. And since then, I've become more aware of all the supplements, uh, like Jane said, juicing and shakes to keep me going. And we really, my vegan doctor told me, we are, Americans do eat three times more protein than they need every day. If you can right. eat a handful of almonds every day, that's enough protein because too much protein is terrible for your heart. And again, and, right. and you excrete what you don't use. You know, people love to, if, if a vegan goes to a doctor, they're like, Oh, are you uh, here because you're vegan? Where the, the halls are lined with people who look like they're on death's door who aren't vegan and nobody's turning around and asking them, are you here because you eat animals? And that's really the question that should be asked. Uh, you know, we eat more animals in this culture than any culture in the history of humankind. I mean, we weren't right. always killing um, the huge trillions of animals that we're killing today. It was often what was considered a treat, you know, a little thing. And if you look at 
uh, plates of old, it was mostly vegetables. Yes. Vegetables. And, you know, I have a little uh, magnet on my refrigerator that says, try organic food, or as your grandparents called it, food. Um, yeah, you know, real food uh, has real ingredient, yeah. And Dolly, lastly, I want to add that before I became vegan, again, when I was a vegetarian for 25 years, I ate copious amounts of dairy, which is so bad for your body. I would get strep throat. I had respiratory infections. I had chronic asthma. I had so many physical ailments. I have been to the doctor one time in four, four and a half years. Since going vegan. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I mean, Erin, this is my whole thing. I'm, uh, my name is Dali, you know, Universal Ahimsa, and I talk about dairy, and I want to get the Indian population off of dairy products who are, you know, pure vegetarians. And it's so embedded in our culture, and they just don't want to get off the dairy, you know? I'll tell you what, we're going to have to wrap it up. We're almost at the end of our show. Dolly, we love you. Erin, we absolutely love you. The best uh, way to cure you, somebody from. Eating dairy is to make them watch a five-minute video called Dairy is Scary. Just go online. It's very clever. Erin Janice, she's a very smart, cool social media influencer. Dairy is scary. Just type that in in a URL. It will come up, and I defy you to eat dairy after watching that. What the Health is also an incredible documentary for those of you watching. What the Health and Forks Over Knives. Life-changing. Erin, we love you. We are looking forward to your exciting event on Saturday. and uh, so much. You're just an inspiration to so many people. Erin, Riley, Carrasco, Peter, Sexiest Vegan Over 50. Woo! See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.